0: Does the idea of networking make your stomach flip-flop? Do you want to increase and grow your social connections but get nervous when you think about throwing a party? Well, this show is for you. We've got Nick Gray here telling us how to throw a foolproof party and build the connections that help us thrive in our lives right here, right now on Polly Campbell, Simply Said. Hello, 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 I'm Polly, and you're listening to Polly Campbell Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. And you know, that means we have to take some responsibility for our own happiness, right? We have to do the things that make us feel good, that build resilience, that get us out engaging in the world. We know, according to research and the feeling inside, you know too, that one of the keys or happiness, one of the things that helps us build resilience and survive the challenging times is social support, social connection. We are social beings, but it isn't always easy to develop those connections. It isn't easy to build those relationships, especially right now when we're working in offices different, we're we're working remotely at home. We're more tethered by technology than one on one relationships. And that's not good for us. A Harvard report says that 36% of all Americans, including 61% of young adults and 51% of mothers with young children are experiencing serious loneliness. And that is hard on our health. That can contribute to depression and stress, the things that also up our risk of chronic illness. Not surprisingly, loneliness appears to have increased since the pandemic. no surprise there and we're going to talk about that a bit today but we're going to get into some of the fun ways we can breach that loneliness for ourselves and other people and today we have nick gray he was experiencing his own kind of loneliness and he decided to do something about it and he's going to tell us what he learned and how what he did can help the rest of us welcome to the show nick
1: hey i'm happy to be here those are some shocking stats about loneliness and i think You're right that it is a epidemic also, and I hope we can brainstorm for your listeners some ways to fix it.
0: That's awesome. I hope so, too, because I think it's a trap that we fall into. I've noticed it in myself. Like, I don't get it until somewhere down the road. I'm my introverted little happy self. And this weekend, I went out to with a friend that I haven't seen for a while, and I thought, so much better. I didn't even realize that I needed that connection. Nick is an entrepreneur and the author of the new book, the two hour cocktail party. And it has some great strategies, not only about how we can connect with others, but do it in a meaningful way. Nick, I love the idea of this book. I love the practical information you offer. And it really came out of your own experience. It sounds like
1: Yeah, I definitely, when I first moved to New York City, I was not an extrovert in the way people think. And I didn't know how to meet people. I did not know you could go talk to strangers at a bar, for an example. Um, And so I found that instead of going to bad parties and bad networking events, I'd bring the party to me and start to host my own events.
0: Was it scary in the beginning? Did you feel nervous about that?
1: I remember the first time that I talked to somebody at a bar that wasn't a friend and they actually like didn't tell me to go, you know, pound sand. (laughs) I could not sleep that night. I was so energized. Yes, it was terrifying. It was terrifying.
0: Why did you decide to be more proactive?
1: For me, I knew that I wanted to make friends. I wanted to build a network. I I moved and lived in a city. At that time, you know, I was in my late 20s. And I just knew that I needed to have friends and a support network. I did not have it. I recently, however, moved to Austin. I'm older now. I'm almost 41. And when I moved to a new town, that is hard to move to a new town. And I used my formula, my playbook to host events, to build a friendship circle here because I think it just helped moving to a new town. I wanted a full social calendar. I wanted to be invited to cool things. I wanted to date. I wanted to have friendships and go to dinners. And I just knew how much better my life would be with those things.
0: I like that you call it a playbook. And that's really what I felt when I was reading your the two hour cocktail party book, how to build big relationships with small gatherings. The difference, Nick, in your approach for me is, um, you know, I, I I like people too. I'm I'm very good in that social environment, even though I feel like I'm an introvert. But I get tired of small talk. I don't know how to break in at networking events. I'm kind of a dork. And this book really takes some of that out of it so you can get to real conversations. And and I th- I want to get into that in a minute. Tell me about your playbook. What did you have to do and what do you suggest we do to start? setting up our own social structure
1: so the gist of it is is i feel the same way right you go to these networking events and they either feel transactional and swarmy or it's hard to break into conversation and things like that i found that if someone wasn't gonna you know give me a stage to speak on i would build my own have you ever heard that before by the way
0: no i haven't heard that expression but that makes total sense to me i can relate to that
1: and so I decided that I would learn how to host a good event because the secret that I found, which is helpful for your listeners, is that everyone wants to know someone who brings people together. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to know that person. Everyone appreciates being invited to a party whether they say yes or no I I can tell you having invited thousands of people to parties everyone appreciates the invitation Mm. and all that it takes is you stepping up to host an event I found through trial and error of hosting dinner parties and masterminds and house parties and other things that the easiest thing to teach people and that I was successful with was a cocktail party now side note I don't Mm -hmm. even drink alcohol (laughs) <laughs> it's not about the alcohol. But the phrase cocktail party, as long as I can remember, it's just an easy social gathering. Like for you, when I say cocktail party, what comes to mind or what do you think of, Polly?
0: Yeah, you, you have a drink, um, maybe a pretzel, and you stand around just casually visiting with each other.
1: Yeah, it's an easy, casual gathering. You think, oh, I can pop into this, mm-hmm. as opposed to A dinner party, a dinner party is a commitment. A dinner party is a big lift. By the way, I love dinner parties. I just believe they're harder to host, harder to facilitate and require more work as opposed to a cocktail party where I could get 80% of the benefits, maybe more with only 20% of the work. So Hmm. that's my whole formula. It's about the MVP, the minimum viable party. I can go in if you want me i'll tell exactly what it takes to host a party like this but i think anyone can learn how to do it and can do it well
0: i want to start with the invite how yep. did you find the people to invite and how did you um invite them did you have like a written did you do an email how did it work
1: so the most important thing is when you invite people you have to invite them each individually no mass texts no group emails, don't put people on BCC, no group texts, don't put up flyers. You have to invite people one-to-one. So who do you invite? For your first party, if you're curious and you wanna learn how to host a two-hour cocktail party, your first party should be a low stakes affair. Literally all you care about is filling the room with warm bodies. I'm talking your neighbors, your partner your people from work people that you may have on linkedin that you haven't talked to your old college or high school friends you could even do this for people in your neighborhood you need 15 to 20 people and for some people that's not easy
0: that that was my next question how many do you want to start with but basically you're saying anybody that you have kind of a casual link to is okay for this first party
1: For your first party, you don't wanna reach up to the top shelf. What I mean by that is you don't wanna try to impress somebody, whether a new relationship, an important business contact, or your boss. For your first party, you want it to be low stress. I don't want you stressing about trying to impress someone. I just want, like, that's why I say friends and neighbors. Your first party, it's just people that you feel kind of comfortable with
0: got it okay and in your book you have a script that you followed to invite people i love that idea what kind of things do we put in our script
1: so note the difference between these two things that i'm going to say one is hey i'm hosting a party on december 8th do you want to come versus hey i'm hosting a party on december 8th can i send you the info two very subtle different things but the second one is way easier for someone to say yes to yes you can send me the info versus oh I gotta make a make a commitment for that day right yes or no Mm. I like to say can I send you the info they say yes almost everybody says yes and then I send them a link to the RSVP page now I like to use a platform called Mixly, M-I-X-L-Y it's free there's no ads there's no spam some people like Paperless Post, Eventbrite, or Evite. What have you, you, have you used one of these things? Yeah, I've in the used past?
0: Evite in the past. Yeah. I didn't know about Mixly, so that's interesting.
1: So Mixly is a very, not many people know about it. I actually met the guy in New York City who's doing it. Um, I don't like Evite actually. My I've used Evite in the past, and I think it was the most popular platform that everybody used. Now these days it's so filled with ads and right. spam and junk that i'm just looking for the easiest possible thing i'll tell you a tip though gen z loves this platform called um partyful p-a-r-t-i-f-u-l it's not i can't say that i love it but i tell you what people love it that are way (laughs) younger than me so i'm just telling you i like Mixly. that's the one i use i use it to collect rsvps to get a little bit of their social buy-in because there's a difference from saying hey we're having a party on the eighth you should swing by and Here's the link, please RSVP so I can get a head count. That creates a bit of a social contract almost to get their buy-in and it boosts the attendance rates because you know what you want? You want more hosting and less ghosting. Mm. Ghosting is when someone you know says they'll come, but then they don't actually show up. And so folks who read my book are finding about a 93% attendance rate for those who say they're gonna come and who actually show up. So that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. All right, the two-hour cocktail party by author Nick Ray. We're gonna take a short break. And when we come back, Nick, I wanna know about how we structure these events that we're hosting. We'll be right back on Polly Campbell. Simply Said.
1: With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments.
0: So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk.
1: It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights.
0: And we're back. I'm Polly Campbell. You're listening to Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good and be happy. And I've got author Nick Gray talking about a two hour cocktail party, your book, which lines out how we can have these gatherings where we really have time to connect with each other. You were talking about how to invite people. Now I want to know what happens when they come. If you have a 90% response rate, like you were talking about, what do I do when they all show up at my house that night?
1: what do you actually do at the party right how do i keep these people entertained by the way we said before the break about 15 to 20 people i want to say why that's important if i have found if there are less than 15 people at your party the energy in the room just doesn't reach a critical mass if you have 10 or 12 people it's fine it's good but at 15 it's actually less work for you as the host why is that because with more people, you have to do less babysitting. Does that make sense? Yeah. M- more than 20 and it's too much. It's too much. The icebreakers go too long. Maybe somebody's listening to this, they're like, I host big parties all the time. Just stick to the formula for the first yeah. one. So what happens at the party? N-I-C-K, think about my name and I'll tell you what each of those letters mean. The Nick party formula. N stands for name tags. Everyone will wear name tags. This is a hill that I will die on even for your neighbors, (laughs) even for your neighbors. You need to have name tags for introverts, for people that are shy. Trust me. It helps. I'm bad with names. The sweetest sound to anyone's ears is the sound of their own name. Let's just make it easy. One less thing for people to stress about. Let's do name tags. The I and I, I stands for icebreakers. You'll lead two and a half rounds of quick icebreakers. They won't be awkward. They will help people to start new conversations. They may seem formulaic or something from middle school, but I've led thousands of them, and I promise you they help. By the way, I'm going to ask you for Polly. What are your feelings on icebreakers? Do you love them do you hate them do you want me to talk about which ones i use but i just want to check in with you how do you feel about them i
0: will tell you when i saw that chapter in your book i'm like no way i am never doing but when i read that information it made total sense and you know as the host It actually made me feel better because i didn't have to worry about people so as i got into your book i'm like right this makes total sense it gives people a a jumping off point where i don't have to make the connections between them they have it when that icebreaker is over one thing nick i do want you to touch on is you talk about starting one icebreaker early on when only a few people have arrived five or six people I'm, i'm curious about that and and yes i do want to know one of your favorite icebreakers
1: The first icebreaker, by the way, you should do it when there's only four or five people because that is the dreaded awkward zone. Mm. It's the first 10 minutes. It happens at every party. When generally there's not enough people there for critical mass. And does this ever happen to you? The most, it's like the most awkward people or the people I know the least are the first to show up. It's the (laughs) plus one of somebody who said, can I invite my cousin or something like that? So... You do the first icebreaker then, and it's just for you to practice because most people who read my book, they're like, oh, I've never done an icebreaker before. So I say, well, do it when there's just the first people there. It's already awkward. Lead the icebreaker, build your confidence because you're going to do the next icebreaker when everybody has arrived. And the ones that I use, I've done thousands of icebreakers. The one I always use and that I've taught hundreds of people to do say your name say what you do for work. If you don't want to talk about work, you can say a charity you support or how you spend your days. And then tell us one of your favorite things to eat for breakfast. What's your go-to breakfast? Why do we do that one? A good icebreaker is easy to think about. A good icebreaker is not stressful. A good icebreaker is fast for someone to say the answer. And it generally doesn't elicit judgment. So Mm -hmm. I like to do green level icebreakers at the beginning of the night, when there's no rapport, when the group is a little bit, frankly, cold, I'll ask the breakfast question because everybody eats breakfast. Everybody can quickly think about, they eat or they don't eat and they can share what, but it's easy and it expresses a little bit of their personality. I was at a friend's 40th birthday this past weekend and someone asked him, what's your favorite book and he froze up he locked up Mm -hmm. because it's like oh my favorite book like i love books that's so hard for me to choose my favorite Mm -hmm. now an easy way to modify that would be what is one of your favorite books or what's a book you've read recently that's easier there's no judgment it's not a superlative it's not my action so those are my thoughts on icebreaker. How does that land with you?
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I don't want something to think about. I just want to be in the group and get my eyeballs on everybody. Then what? Do we actually have cocktails? Do we give people free time? I know that structure is an important part of this. So do you yep. converse for a while and then come back and do another event? Or are we done now?
1: Here's what happens. You're going to lead two and a half of these icebreakers. And you do that first one when you know four or five people are there right at the beginning. You'll do the the next one the second one the the whole group name what you do for work favorite thing for breakfast at about 35 minutes after the party's scheduled to start and then one hour later you'll do your last round of icebreakers in between those it's unstructured time if you've never done an icebreaker just wait until you do it because the room explodes in energy and new conversations people are mixing and mingling and with 15 people there they're gonna be talking to new people. So you kind of just leave it. You add the structure at the beginning and then you release them to just do what you normally do at a party. With 15 to 20 people, people will mix and mingle. And I wanna point this out because this is what will make your parties successful. You need to pull ideally from the different groups you have in your life. Your neighbors, your partners, friends, your coworkers, your old classmates friends that you've met through your children and school your gardening group whatever it is you want to ideally mix those different groups together mm. for example in your life do you have different groups whether it's yeah of course podcast people or
0: writers and my husband's writers. work and... your yeah. husband's
1: work your party will be successful when you can mix those people up because it's hard to make new friends as an adult Mm -hmm. It's so hard to meet new people in an authentic setting. When you can help your friends make new friends, that's when your party will be really successful.
0: One thing you mentioned is don't make this a signature night. Don't plan your first party on New Year's Eve. Don't plan your first party as a birthday party. Tell me why.
1: Basically, those are red level days. There are too much social competition, there's too many other things happening, and it's more likely that your guests will have a conflict. Conflict means another party gets scheduled, a work event happens, family commitments, and then they won't come to your party. I'm trying to make it as easy as possible for you to get all 15 people to show up. That's why I suggest that people host their party on a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday night. That also helps people know that this is not a crazy blowout where we're going to be drinking all night and we're going to be staying up till midnight. No, this is an efficient gathering, two hours long. Back to the formula, C stands for cocktails only, N-I-C-K. N is name tags, I is icebreakers. C is cocktails only, it's not dinner. K stands for kick them out at the end. It's Mm. only two hours long.
0: Yeah, I like that. That gives me some peace of mind. And do you mean that literally like you, you let people know, okay, it's time to wrap it up?
1: Yeah, I make a last call 15 minutes beforehand. By the way, the best way to help people, especially for introverts, especially for those with social anxiety, is to let them know what to expect at your party. Let them know that there will be name tags, that there will be icebreakers. You'll also let them know that there's a start time and an end time that sets the expectations already and a secret. It helps people show up on time. Have you ever hosted a party like, oh, it starts at five on Saturday. Nobody shows up till six o'clock. They're doing this mental calculus. Oh, Polly said start at five, but well, maybe we'll show up at six because we don't want to be right on. When there's a two hour time limit, people show up on time. So yes, how do I end the party? I make a last call 15 minutes beforehand. I set the expectations when I send the invitations and reminders that it's only two hours. And then at the end of the night, I thank everybody. I say, thank you guys so much for coming. Party's scheduled to end now. So I want to give you an excuse to go home. It's a school night. It's a work night for a lot of people. Thank you so much for coming. I had a great time. I hope you will come back when I do it again.
0: That is a big deal to me, having the end day and a gracious way to get people out the door, honestly. So, so I can rest and get ready for the next day and think about who I met and kind of debrief.
1: Exactly. It gives yeah. you the time to clean up, to respect your energy. Nobody wants to host a Tuesday night party till midnight and you go to sleep and your house is messy and you wake up the next day and you have this feeling of, oh, that was fun, but I'm never going to do that again because here's the pro move the biggest benefits come when you can make hosting a habit. When Mm. you can host these types of parties every month, every two months, even every three months, you'll start to go through your life collecting people and building your network of acquaintances. That's where I found the major benefits. Are
0: you still doing these parties, Nick?
1: I still host these parties, isn't that wild? Yeah, but how fun
0: now, when I hear you talk about it, I actually feel very enthused about this. I think this is something I've got to try.
1: You, oh my God, would you please try it? Because I know that you would crush it and you probably (laughs) have all these people in town that you've said, oh, we should get together for lunch or dinner and you just, life's busy. Life is too busy with your business, with everything you're doing. A cocktail party gives you a chance in two hours To reconnect with up to 20 people in the time it takes to watch a Netflix movie, you can build relationships with up to 20 people. It's the biggest ROI on relationship building that Mm. I've found.
0: Super interesting. Nick Gray, author of The Two-Hour Cocktail Party, How to Build Big Relationships with Small Gatherings. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this in the new year and I will let you know how it goes. And if I crash and burn, Nick, I'm calling you and saying, buddy, you got to come out and throw the party with me next time.
1: I would love to do that. I know you're not (laughs) going to crash and burn. I know it's going to be successful, and I'll come out either way.
0: All right. Come on out to Oregon and visit me, and we'll have a party. And where can we follow the – I mean, you're into all kinds of things. Where can I follow your work? Where can we find your book? How do we get in touch with you?
1: So the name of my book is The Two-Hour Cocktail Party. If you want to read an executive summary, a PDF of it, you can get it on my website for free. My website is nickgray.net. Um, I'm going to include some links in the show notes of how to plan a networking event, how to host a happy hour, what to do if you have kids, how to plan a party with kids, um, and even how to host a clothing swap or a book swap, other ideas that you can use my formula for. But the biggest thing is just check my book out. I recorded the audio book myself in studio, so that's available on um, Audible. And you can find my book anywhere that books are sold online. It's called The Two-Hour Cocktail Party, How to Build Big Relationships with Small Gatherings.
0: Check this out. It's practical. It's kind of exciting to think about, and it's an alternative to networking which feels so contrived folks go check out this book throw a party let us know how it goes you can find me on polycampbell.substack.com. and if you have an interest in writing i've got the newly launched simply write with Polly podcast and you can join our writing community on simplywrite.substack.com find me at poly and everywhere else you know insta poly l campbell track me down i want to know if you try one of these parties, and I think we should, and then we'll talk about how it went, or we'll invite each other, that could be a way too. Remember, if you're feeling lonely, it's likely others are too. We all thrive when we have meaningful social connection. Let's look for ways to connect with each other, not just over the holidays, but all year long. When we reach out, take a moment to learn about each other and have fun together, we will all live well, do good and be happy.